Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, kia ora, everybody. Welcome along to the Short Pool, a Rugby Pass podcast. Scotty and Mills with you today as we look ahead to the first All Blacks test of the season against uh, Le French at Eden Park. Uh, Millsy, we're going to chat about your experiences against the French on the podcast. No, no, that's not a setup. That's not a setup. You had more than one experience against the French. Jeez, oh, see, I knew you were going to go there. When I first first thing on that Optipack and it said the last time in Northern Hemisphere. Hey, we're going to get to that. You've got time to prepare for that. Yeah, okay. Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, you can prepare for that conversation. Uh, first of all, too, we need to cover off uh, the last round of Super Rugby last weekend. From a New Zealand perspective, of course, on the short ball today, uh, we might even touch a little bit on a couple of other big series that get underway this weekend, England and South Africa and Ireland in Australia. I know that the Welsh are also in Argentina, but uh, we'll focus on... Uh, What's in our neck of the woods from an Australian, New Zealand and South African point of view? First of all, Millsy, last week uh, in Dunedin, the Hurricanes came to town and we thought that the week before, after being beaten up by the Crusaders in the wet, that the dry conditions at Forsyth would suit them. Uh, and once again, it, it just wasn't there for the Hurricanes. I, I've got two theories here. One, a lot of players with an eye on the week after, mm. i.e. this weekend. Mm. Or is it the fact that there is just something that has suddenly gone a little haywire in the Hurricanes? Which is it? I can understand taking the eye off the ball. I don't know if I'm prepared to say the Hurricanes are losing it right now. I don't think they're losing it. Um, But, you know, the Highlanders were just so clinical. I mean, to absorb all that pressure in that particular, that first 10 or so minutes. And the other thing that I really noticed, which I haven't sort of seen and, and perhaps it's a little bit of pressure, was Brad Shields actually talking a lot to the referee, um, asking a lot of questions, which is something that I, I kind of haven't seen in the, in the last sort of three or four weeks. So it, it kind of reflected the way they're under the pump a little bit. I saw that against the Crusaders. Frustration. Yeah, like continuously asking yep. certain things that probably didn't need to be asked. Well, you've got CJ Perinaro who's never going to back down. He's going to ask questions. But, of course, he's been warned already this season about talking to referees. So he's going through Brad Shields. Brad Shields is taking what he wants to the referee. Yeah. You know what? I, it's funny you bring that up, Millsy. The, the Highlanders have co-captains. Mm. <laughs> ben Smith and Ash Dixon. Dixon, yeah, yeah. I know they had a plan to use their co-captains. I know for a fact that they were asked before the game by referee Ben O'Keefe which one of them is going to talk to him. Yeah. 
as the captain. And they said to him, and rightly so, they're co-captains, they said, well, whoever's closest. <laughs> they double teamed him yeah. all night long. And I can understand why Shields got frustrated because every time he wanted to have a conversation with the referee, there's Ash Dixon. And when Ash Dixon wasn't there, there was Ben Smith. Yeah. And nine times out of ten, they were both there. Both there, yeah. There was an occasion when I seen that they, they actually, the three of them were together. So <laughs> the co-captains and Brad Shields, which is, I suppose, you know, uh, goes a long way into understanding his frustration. But mm. I, just, I just thought, um, you know, when Squire got, Sinbin, it's almost sparked something in the yeah. in the Highlanders, and and we've often talked about it. Um, well, Stephen Bates has often talk, talked about. It. You don't need a lot of um, it, it's stuff that you don't need a lot of talent for. They just worked so hard for each other, and that try they scored just before half time, or relatively after the forty minute minute mark, it just sort of spurred them on into something totally different. I think it's the try of the year. Oh, because. A, it took an enormous set of nuts to yeah, do it. Yeah. And most people would have just cut their losses, kicked the ball into touch and said, right, let's regroup after the half. Yeah. That that was sparked, I think, on their own 22, it, it was even huge, inside their 22. Yeah, it was a huge play. And it, and it went for, for donkey's years until <laughs> even Aaron Smith got the ball. I mean, he's they, they the Hurricanes still had time to set up and defend because he ran it from one side of the field Right to the other, then tapped it and and went from there. And you're right, it took a lot of nuts to be able to do that, um, considering there were 14 men down and mm-hmm. they could have easily just gone to the break. That's the Highlanders for you, man. They're gutsy. Oh, you know, I like that um, Steve Bates, um, you know, he does like talking about that fact that you just don't need talent to work hard. Oh. And the Highlanders have made their name on that philosophy over the last, well, since I think Jamie Joe took over and, and got to terms with his roster and then, Tony Brown and, and now Aaron Major. I mean, it's a philosophy down there. You just get in there, you roll up your sleeves and you go to work. And yep. we've seen guys rewarded for that. And uh, we'll get to that when we uh, get to the All Black Test this weekend. The next night, of course, the Crusaders taking on the Chiefs in Hamilton from a New Zealand derby point of view. And uh, yeah, you'll probably note I've left one game out here, but um, we'll touch on that in just a moment's time. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> yeah, you know, last weekend the Crusaders were down on manpower. They... They dusted the Hurricanes in the rain. Mm. This weekend, they were down again. Jordan Talfua, Jack Goodhue, late withdrawals from yeah. the team. They were already missing Ryan Crotty and Sam White. Like, that's four starters, yeah. four all-black starters out of your team. You're playing a side that you have not beaten in Hamilton, I think, since 2012. And you've rolled up there, and, and I know they were probably energised by the fact it was White Crockett's yeah. 200th game for the Crusaders. But nonetheless, the Chiefs don't care about that. They're going to they're gonna try and protect their patch. Extraordinary depth in that Crusaders team and extraordinary self-belief. When you look at that side, what do you see that sets them apart? Oh, mate. Well, you, you've just spoken about it, depth. But what I, I really loved, and it, it just goes to show how much sort of um, – backing they've got from not only their coaches but also their senior players. I mean, that first try, well, I mean, where did that come from? They had a, a five-metre penalty, which you'd think, okay, here's a team that's under the pump mm-hmm. in terms of injury. You know, let's have a shot at goal and warm into the game. No. Cody Taylor decides to take it, <laughs> tap it, and... Um, Throw a cutout ball to Hayden Bedwell-Curtis. And, and they score. I mean, yeah. doesn't that just ooze confidence in, um, in, in your group? And also, um, I suppose, in your franchise. And that there, to me, just, just it, it was almost like um, they didn't really care who was there. Well, I mean, they, didn't, they did care. They just said they had backing and whoever took that jersey. 
You know, I, I wrote about that win on Rugby Pass this week and Brad Moore had said the day before, we're just going to have to go deeper. Mm. And, you know, like a lot of people would look and go, oh, my God, we're out with, without four starters, man. This is a massive ball ache. The Crusaders just see it as an opportunity. Ethan Blackadder. Yeah, I mean, for goodness up. sake, talk about chip off the old block, but he has been immense for two straight weeks. Yeah. Quinton Strange, 21 years of age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has been huge for them. Hayden Bedwell-Curtis has just slotted into the side seamlessly. Harvilli? David, David oh, Harvilli's a 12 for Tasman, right? Yeah. So we know he likes playing in the midfield. Hasn't played there all year, and he's up against guys like Charlie Ngatai. Yeah. And that's a tough defence. Yeah, and also covering his inside with Damien McKenzie. Yeah. He missed one tackle all night. David Harville. Yeah, he was solid. I mean, that's such a difficult position to go into considering you're at, you're at the back. Another person I thought played um, really well was Israel Dagg. Yeah. You know, he's been out for a long time I and was, he stood up. I was wondering if you were going to give him some props. Oh, absolutely. He's been throwing shade at you lately. Has he? Dagg. Yeah. What? what? Yes. Yeah, I thought you should know that. <laughs> no, he was. Um, I thought he played very well. I, I wanted to ask him a bit more. Uh, in the weekend in the post uh, game, um, that's where he was throwing shade. Yeah, you? I kind of went. I w- kind of went down his haircut. I thought it looked pretty flash, <laughs> apart from the obvious bit at the front. Oh, um, that's but, a big yeah, club, mate. Yeah. We're taking new members I daily. I know he, he wouldn't be. He, I know he wasn't very happy. But in terms of his playing ability against the Chiefs, um, he he was outstanding. All right, let's go to Eden Park. <laughs> We've got to go to Eden Park. Oh, mate, come on. I mean, not a win at home all season long. You know, here's the thing that frustrates me. You, you can giggle about it, which is wrong, because it is it is just an untenable situation for rugby in this country to have a team that is clowning it that badly at home in the biggest city. But where's the emergency plan? You know, I talked at the start of the year, where was the board and where was the management when they were struggling? They came out and finally approached the media and had a conversation. Well, one day. Well, at least it happened. Where's New Zealand rugby and all this? Do they not care that 1.5 million people in this catchment zone, a third of New Zealand, are struggling to support a team that just can't get it together at the moment? And look, I'm not going to criticise players and I'm not going to criticise coaches. I'm just going to look at the wider issues around the Blues right now. This needs to be at DEFCON 5 for rugby's sake in this country. I know they'll sell out the French Test this weekend at Eden Park. That's great. That's once a year, twice a year at Eden Park, you're going to get a sellout. What about the professional game for the rest of the season? And that flows into the provincial game from August onwards. What about the crowds then? You cannot just rely on a couple of All Black games at Eden Park to get the crowds in. No, you, you, you can't. And you're right. I, I mean, I, there is a lot of effort there. I can see that. I can see that from the players. And, like, um, unfortunately, it's, it's just, you know, they're having a horrible season and nothing seems – I mean, it probably epitomises that last play when they oh, when um, wow. Michael Collins got that, you know, tapped that ball and passed it to the – to the rugby post. Um, but you can see the guys are actually trying and they're just trying, they're, they're overly trying way too hard. But I'm with you. I think, you know, the board and uh, the CEO has come out. He only came out mid-season and sort of we haven't heard anything about it. So it's almost like, yeah. okay, they've decided, oh, well, we'll park up this year and we'll roll on to, to something else. Well, unfortunately, there's still two two more games to go. So Tony Carter, the chairman, has said he's stepping down and, and made the comment that he thinks the board probably needs a bit more rugby nows. I don't think you need rugby nows at board level. Where you need rugby nows is in development level. 
And um, your friend and my friend, Tony Hanks, has been working in that development space um, in the Blues region for a long time. But I look at a, a team that really wants to pick from within its borders mm. and should yeah, do because yeah. it's resource rich. But are these guys actually good enough by the time they reach Super Rugby stage out of coming through the Auckland system. And this is what I mean about working on a plan because the Blues need to be actively engaged with North Harbour, with Auckland, with Northland, with the clubs, with the schools and with the junior grades to make sure that the product they receive for Super Rugby duty is ready. And a lot of those kids, bless them, they will in time but it's a baptism of fire at the moment but are they really at super rugby level they are being thrown in the mixer and and i think fundamentally lacking in some of the key attributes required to succeed in super rugby i mean the classic example is probably harvili you know who got thrown in late yes he's he's young he's going to be a talent but you're throwing him into the into the mixer where the, you've got a struggling team and then you know how is that going to reflect on him him going forward he played club rugby the week before and things like that I mean you talk about those levels you talk about going back to the schools joining up making sure North Harbour North uh, Northland are, are on board what's really disappointing to hear and I do a bit of stuff in the, in the schools with um, mm. the, my schools program and the thing that really, you know, when you ask these sort of kids now, you know, who do they who do they want to actually aspire to to play for? Want franchise, and none of them want to want to be in the Blues franchise. Yeah, that's sad, man. And it's a really really sad thing, you know. Um, and, and so to hear that from a couple of individuals when they when they're sort of in the um, well, the the program's coming forward, you just mm. think, well, gee, the way things are going at the moment, you know, it's going to be really tough thing to bet. You say, well. <laughs> Here's our catchment, but a lot of the players don't want to stick around. Look, I know for a fact there are super rugby coaches or talent identifiers in Auckland this week ready to watch first 15 rugby. Yeah. Oh. And they're not super rugby coaches from Auckland, <laughs> to the best of my knowledge, mate. They're from Get other franchises. Here, yeah, well, you know, they're the ones in there. They're yeah. getting in early, they're getting these talents, and they're dragging them out of the region. You know, we, we have to be more proactive in this city about what we do. And I'm really interested in your point because you work in the school sector, but you also coach at club level as mm. well, Melzi. Yeah. You know, so you would be right in the middle of it to understand whether there is still a connection or whether it is completely disconnected. I mean, which is it? I think there is, a, there is a bit of a disconnect. There, there definitely is. I was actually surprised... Um, you know, given, I mean, I, I love coaching skills. That's that's my, my biggest sort of motivation is being able to coach the micro skills, the, the, the basics and doing it under pressure and things. When I see the top level stuff, the, I'm talking about All Blacks and Super Rugby, that skill level, when you, particularly when I was overseas, I think, you know, that out and out is the best in the world. Mm. I've come back now and I've seen what's in club rugby and I just... It just doesn't translate to that. Yep. So I don't know. I, I don't know where that sort of... Um, how that sort of transpired? It's kind of like just there's just nothing there, and 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 the real key stuff. Um, so there is a disconnect. I don't, I'm not too sure where it's at, um, but I, I have heard a lot of sort of grumblings. But mm. you know, that's a, there's a lot of things there that they need to fix, and unfortunately, um, you know, it's 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 got right to the to the blues uh, the the blues team mm. and I feel for guys like like um like Tana and, and and the you know James Parsons of the world that are in there I know they're trying hard um but they just need a lot more support um and 
and I suppose when we're talking about you know the inner board and things like that, perhaps it's a, that's what they need. You talked about you know rugby and else. You know they need to get out to the to the unions, the PUs, where it's important, and and get these guys going. Totally agree with you, man. Totally agree with you. Um, when was the last time you had Maccas at five a.m.? Oh, you love a Maccas. I did actually. It was probably about a month ago. At five a.m. Not at five a.m. It was around about one a.m. It was actually at the ridges. You know, that's just around the corner. Actually, I remember that. You went to get Maccas. Yeah, I went yeah, and got, on your own. got me a um, Big Mac. Not and very good, eh? You got fries too. No, I don't do fries. Just a Big Mac. And they had like... Um, did you steam bun it? Because you went through a steam bun. You went through a steam yeah, bun phase. I, I did. I only did it once, but it just tastes the same. Producer Alice might want to weigh in on this. Alice, have you ever done the steam bun option at McDonald's? I have not, actually. I've heard about it. I've yeah. heard that it's good. Yep. Yeah. There's a, there's a little place Worth in Auckland it? called Happy Boy that does steam bun burgers. They're, they're really Happy good. Happy Boy. Happy Boy. Mm, yeah. look into but, that. Um, I've never done I've never done a steam bun at uh, McDonald's. Have you ever eaten McDonald's at 5am? Ever, probably. Recently, no. When was the most recent occasion you ate Maccas? Don't lie to me. Probably a few months. Well, I'm vegetarian now, oh. and they don't really have that much of an option for vegetarians. I mean, if, unless you just want to get fries. My current order... Which was current as of chicken McNuggets are vegetarian. Uh, yeah, they probably are. <laughs> <laughs> um, maybe three months ago, I got a BLT bagel. Mm. Take away the B, yep. add a hash brown into it. You and get the not, saltiness yep. from the bacon, but you're still not eating meat. There's a tip. <laughs> There's a tip. That's a good tip. Well, I think you know where I'm going with this. Uh, if you are out at five a.m. in Dunedin, in a stranger's house, eating macas. Are you sober? No. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just throwing it out there. How many beers have you had if you are in a stranger's house eating McDonald's at 5 a.m.? I like how they're in the lounge just sitting there having a seat. <laughs> sitting in the lounge. Geordie Barrett, um, who, look, I've got... I've got no issue with um, eating McDonald's at 5 a.m. I really What about don't. the safety? What about the safety of those? There's nothing to steal in those houses. So they just leave it open? Half the windows are smashed out in Castle Street. What are, look, this is not the issue here. This is not about property values. This is about uh, All Blacks values. Millsy, <laughs> we need to be honest about this. I mean, if Geordie Barrett's not starting this test match, is it because he's out with a mate? At 5am, whether he's intoxicated or not, eating Maccas at 5am is not a good look the day before you assemble in an all-black camp when you've been busted. Yeah. You can do it and not be busted. I don't, I don't think that... A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. It'll be the reason if he doesn't play, that won't be the reason. Um, I think he would have had a stern talking to by um, by Steve Hansen um, and to 
move on. About his diet or just about his lifestyle? Have you seen him? (laughs) Mate, he's hardly got any fat on him, buddy. (laughs) Steve Hansen or Geordie Barrett? (laughs) Both. 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 His his skin folds will be... No, no, I know. I know, he's a big man. He's probably just hungry. Um... Look, we here's the thing, Millsy. Um, you know, we've got Rico Ioane has got a cut above his eye after, you know, obviously having to get together as well. I mean, these things happen. I mean, I've seen your mate Richard Kahoe try and choke out Nick Croswell at a, <laughs> after a game, so I, I know full well what, what can go down. But the problem is when, you, when you're the All Blacks and you, and you set yourselves up to be the guardians of yeah. a certain standard, and when a couple of your youngsters, not just your youngsters, but potential superstars of your team are out doing things and I know it's private and I know that's their business but there's still an issue here isn't there where you just go boys are you not quite picking up the program here yeah and I suppose it's the disappointing part you know because nowadays you know there's a lot of talk about about what you do in your private lives and things like that so yeah, they'll be disappointed. And the fact is, it's it's leading into Test Week. Um, you know, they probably would have had to come into camp on that Sunday uh, and, and rearing to go. And so that's probably the, the most disappointing part of it when, when that sort of happens. Within the environment, I think, um, as I said, I think they would have been talked to. And, you know, the guys just move on and make sure that they don't let any other distractions, um, you know, mm. come their way during the week. But it is. It's is disappointing now that they've got a lot of resource um, to go into the fact about what they do off the field. What would you think, Alice? I mean, do you think it's fair that people look at incidents like this and and there is a judgment clause in the public reaction because these guys are all blacks because of their standing in professional sport? Yeah, I mean, well, if you're an all black, you're in the public eye. Mm. And I think that's a given. And I don't think any all black doesn't know that when they become an all black, they're thrusted into the public eye. Mm. So I think that there should be a level of scrutiny around them doing <laughs> stupid stuff like that. Silly hijinks. Yeah. Silly hijinks. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it is. Nowadays, I, I, I kind of struggled with it when I was there because of the fact that I was so private. Mm. Um, but you are also a human being as well. You know, you do stuff up. And, you know, I've, I've, um, I've done that a, a few times. But I, I struggled with the fact that you're now – like. Yeah, you anything you do um, from picking your nose to um, you know weeing somewhere. You know, <laughs> it's all out there. You weren't in a cow suit though. No. It was okay. You were not wearing a cow suit. No, and just yeah. And so I'll, it is. I mean, it's a, it is a level of scrutiny. But here's the thing, right? If if you don't set yourself up um, as a brand, as an organisation that that likes to talk about their high standards. Mm then it doesn't matter. People wouldn't notice. But when you do set yourself up yeah. as that, yeah. that's when any level below gets noticed, right? Yeah. That, that's the fact of life in this team. Whether whether we think it's funny that Geordie's out with a mate, old lashes, you know, having a couple of beers, i got no issue with that. Yeah. But the only issue that you have to have is that, yeah, but it goes against what, what, what you guys have told us you stand for. Mm. And so I can understand how Steve Hansen would be absolutely furious about that. But anyway, we move on, and we move on to the weekend, and the French are here, and they are ready. Steve Hansen staying with him for a second is adamant that this French team should not be taken lightly. He has been saying that for months. Uh, he wants to set up this proposition that this is a genuine challenge for his All Black side. Um, look, it is a French team without a number of very good mm. players and uh, some of those who were involved in the top 14 final last weekend, uh, won by Castro, um, won't be with the team for the first test. 
Even so, Millsy, you knew we were going there. <laughs> you know what it's like taking a team lightly. I'm oh, not saying you did. No, no, I mean... The public did in 2009. Yeah, yeah, and I think you've got to realise, and, that, and that's the thing, it's at the end of their very, very long season, so, and they don't bring us, um, I suppose, a strong team. Well, they, they haven't. They've left a lot of guys back home, but, you know, we've seen over the years, you know, what the French can do, and so there's still quality players there in the French lineup. And, like, Morgan Parra, how long has he been? Maybe he's been around for donkeys. Yeah, he's 50 caps plus. I mean, he'll be the most experienced guy on the field, I would think, for the French. And he's got to start at nine, doesn't he? They need someone to take on Aaron Smith, who's in a rich vein of form. Yeah, well, I mean, do you... I mean, you do. You've got to start him at nine because that's the, probably the, the best way to get him pill. I mean, he does... He can play 10 as well. So do they move him, you know, out there? Um, I'm not I'm not too sure. I, look, I don't think they do. I mean, I, I think Balleau gets the start at 10, the youngster, Anthony Balleau. Um, he's got to start at 10 because he's the future of French rugby. You're going to have the likes of Bastardo in midfield, potentially. I don't know whether they bring him on as impact. I don't think he's an impact player. No, I think I he's a starter. Exactly. Yeah. You know, they've got to have some big ball runners in there. They've got a loose forward mix that's going to be without a couple of players, but um, Fabian Sanquane, uh, Kevin Gordon and uh, Bernard Leroux. I mean, a big ball running, tough guy French loose forwards and it's going to come down I think to who wins around that ruck yeah. and, and how the All Blacks play their loosies and that halves combination is going to be crucial because the French just have to gain match control control of the tempo control of the momentum yeah and often sometimes they actually slow it right down you know and so once they get a little bit of sort of control in that area then it, it almost kind of seems like you know I'm just Think, I'm thinking back to um, when, we, when I played them and we lost. It was almost like they made you play their, their way. Mm. And once you start doing that, then you're, you're almost sort of halfway into losing the test match. I, I don't believe that's going to happen. I think we're, we've got um, too much firepower, particularly around the Lucys. But my biggest concern is, is probably the midfield. Um, you know, we are potentially going to have, you know, Crotty come back. He's been out with, the, um, with injury for a very long time. You know, Anton Leonard-Brown. Um, who covers, um, you know, coming off the bench? Or do you, do you put Lal Mape in there? Anton, well, you know. I, I think Crotty and, and ALB will start. And and this is what I believe the back line will be. Aaron Smith, Bowden Barrett, Ryan Crotty, Anton Leonard-Brown, Rico Ioane on the left wing, Waisaki Nahalo on the right, and Ben Smith at fullback. Mm-hmm. Uh, which then means you've got options on the bench yep. um, around who's going to be your 23rd player. Is it going to be Geordie Barrett? Is it going to be Nehemiah Scudder? Is it oh, going to be yes. Jack Goodhue to cover right. both 12 and 13? So they'll look for that versatility in that 23rd spot. And, and the forward pack, I think, picks itself in terms of a full Crusaders front five. Moody, Taylor, Franks, Whitelock and Scotty Barrett mm-hmm. with Squire on six, Kane at seven, seven, and Luke Whitelock at number eight. And that, that's a team I believe will be named this week by the All Blacks, a starting team at least. But, you know, you talk about cover and you talk about the midfield, and yes, Ryan Crotty's coming back from concussion. So is the captain, Sam Whitelock. Sam Kane is coming back from a stomach injury, which forced his withdrawal last weekend yeah, for the yeah. Crusaders game. So Luke Whitelock gets his first test start at home or is set to get his first test start at home. How does he play the game? Sam Kane's your enforcer around the fringe. Mm. If he tweaks that stomach injury early in the game, you've got Artie Savier to come off. What does that mean for Luke Whitelock? Does he have to tighten up his game from the start and be the support player for Kane? Yeah, I mean, and that's the big... I'd like to see Whitelock a little bit you know, out in the open. But you know when Kieran, Kieran Reid's there, you know, he sits out in that, that wider channel uh, when they're playing their, their one through three one. Um but, you know, what happens if their genuine fetcher ends? I mean, Sam I, Kane, he's bought, he's bought... I don't think they'll play one through three one 
I think that's going to be the biggest change we'll see from the All Blacks this weekend. I think they'll change their pod setup. Yeah. And I think they'll mirror more England style than what they were doing last year. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that's the big talk. I mean, when they go, when they go into these um, wellness sort of camps, they're saying you know they're going to they're going to change up a few things. So I'm looking for I'm looking forward to actually seeing what they're going to change because it won't be perfect yeah in this first test because they wouldn't have they, they perhaps would have tried or trialed it during their trainings against um, particularly this week. But not, it's not until you get out there and actually do it in a test match is under pressure um, mm. that you you see something actually works. So I like to see what they've actually changed because. That system for them has just worked um, magically over the past, hasn't it? It has. But without your best ball playing lock and Brodie Retallick, which means Scotty Barrett's going to have to be much more direct. He has been over the last three yeah. weeks, by the way, for the Crusaders. And and I don't think it's coincidental. I think he's been to these foundation days with the All Blacks and he's come back and said, this is what they need me to be. Yeah. More aggressive on the carry. Yeah. And he's going to have to get through some carry work. I, I Do you think maybe they put Squire wider? Squire's a more natural ball runner, a more damaging ball runner than Luke Whitelock, who, by the way, has really improved that area of his game. And he's got a subtle skill set that I don't think he gets enough credit for. But maybe if they want Whitelock to be the tough guy in the middle, that's Squire's job then to range a little bit wider, where he certainly has fulfilled that role for the Highlanders. Yeah, and, he, and he's done that for the uh, in the Northern Hemisphere Tour last year as well. So perhaps they do go to that. What I'm gonna, what I like now is the fact that there's been a lot of talk about Whitelock and you don't actually see him in, in the actual screen. Now, I mean, don't get me wrong, he's, he still plays for a very good team. Now, when you've got the best in the country playing, uh, when you're playing for uh, in the same team, he now concentrates on his own job. This is a chance for me or for everyone. You know, I rate him to see what he actually does. Mm. And when he rolls up his sleeves and he gets really physical defensively and he's got some good skills as well, I think, you know, a lot of New Ze- a lot of Kiwis will see what, um, you know, what he's actually Good at. Looking forward to that. Um, big day as well, potentially, for Carl Tuanukuafe. Mm. I mean, here's a guy who was 170 kilograms a couple of years ago. Doctor said, basically, you're going to die, mate, unless you lose some weight, get fit, went back. Rugby was his vehicle for self-improvement. I mean, has Doctor's advice ever been taken more seriously? This guy's about to debut for the All Blacks off the bench at Eden Park against the French. Oh, that's it, amazing. It's ama- that, that is an outstanding story. And... There's been a lot of talk about his how good of a scrummager he, he is. He really is, and, and I know we talked about Stephen Bates. I think you know a, a year or so back he said, "Look, this kid is yeah, he did. Awesome. He He's it like a dirty nose, Bates, he, didn't he? And so to see that, and he is, he looks the goods, doesn't he? I mean, he's physical. He loves his scrummaging. He can get around the field a bit, and you know what a great story to be able to you know lose all that weight and have the determination now he's, he's going to be an All Black. Going to be a great occasion at Eden Park of course this weekend you can see that game live on rugbypass.com uh, also uh, Australia will take on Ireland uh, a few ructions still going on in Australia Pete Samu was finally cleared released to play uh, for the Wallabies which of course man, that's his home nation and, and I'm really stoked for Pete yeah. Samu Digby Yuana coming out today Rugby Pass story saying Michael Checker was an idiot not to pick him originally uh, for the Wallabies and we we wouldn't have had to go through this uh, protracted process. But anyway, he's there. I think Ireland will be backing themselves yeah, to yeah. win this series. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think it's going to be a 2-1 scoreline either way. But Joe Schmidt is not mucking about. He has picked a very good Irish side. They're going to come off the back of Leinster's success in both the Heineken Cup, uh, the European Champions Cup, should I say, and, and the Pro 14. They're going to be down there. They're going to take it seriously. And um, look, there's some youngsters, but... 
around a core of very experienced, no Rory Best, but very experienced yeah. Irish players. Yeah, I mean, apart from Rory Best being out, they, they've got some pretty good experience. And when you think about it, you're talking about the Leinster uh, coming off um, you know, the European Cup and the, the Pro 14, but you also got to remember they're Six Nations champions as well. Correct. And so, you know, they'll be wanting to build momentum, um, you know, down here in the Southern Hemisphere and then... When um, you know at the uh, the autumn internationals over there in November, and then they'll build nicely for the the Rugby World Cup. So there's some really good stuff happening. Joe Smith, you know, he's amazing, but um, the players that he's got around him now is you know very experienced, and and I think they'll give it to the Aussies. Yeah, look, I think it's a really tough challenge for Australian rugby. I mean, they're they're coming off what has been another pretty average Super Rugby season to date. Um, for most of their franchises and, and still riven with internal ructions going on over there as well about where the game stands. It's uh, going to be a massive challenge, as it is for the English. And uh, Rossi Erasmus's uh, first outing as, as Springbok coach didn't quite go to plan in Washington, D.C. In fact, the game didn't quite go to plan for anyone, really, I don't think. But that aside, they're all back together now. England have to play twice at altitude and then uh, once in Cape Town. That's pretty tough to go straight to Alice Park and go, here we are, uh, how about it? Oh, here we are. How about? I mean, gee, I mean, they haven't had much success lately either. Either so, they're under the pump. They lost to the Barbarians convincingly. Yes, I know there are a lot of guys out, but when you're going at altitude and you're playing some big men, I mean, how do you how do you go about that? And you've got some you know pressure from home. Um, I don't know. It's, it's it's going to be a hard tour for the, for the Englishmen, I believe. Look, they haven't won at Alice Park in a very long time. I can't see that changing. I don't see them winning the first test against the Springboks. Sia Khaleesi, first yeah. time captaining the test side. Rossi Erasmus, desperate to, to make a good impression in his first test in charge on home soil. Uh, we know that they've got some massive ball carriers in that Springbok side and some wonderful runners too. Yeah. And I think the South African running game has really improved over the last three seasons under various coaches at Super Rugby level. If they can put it together and be cohesive, yeah. I think it's just it's a step too far for the English. And that's not to say this English side is not good. They are. But they're coming off a low base compared to the hype that's going to be around the Springboks. Oh, yeah, and, and Alice Park, man, that is... What's it like to play? Oh, it's it's crazy. I mean, not just that, just, I mean, when you're coming in on the in the bus, like, it's just the street, all the streets are sort of closed off. There's people on the road. You know, there's buildings that sort of half been blown up. <laughs> It's not that bad. Oh, mate, it is. And they're knocking, they're knocking on the... They're trying, to, they're trying to rock the damn bus. And then you get in there and it's like this dark sort of dungeon that you've just walked into. You've got to go up the stairs to the changing rooms. Not the greatest. I mean, they even sometimes they even turn the power off. And then you walk out into this <laughs> massive stadium. Wow. It must be a great feeling. Oh. I'm a, a daunting feeling. It is. It's 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 daunting. And when you're under a bit of under a bit of pressure to perform, it's your, you know you're, you're you're heading away. It's the first test, and you know the home side has got a lot to play for emotionally. Mm. You know, with their captain, their coach, and then at this you know wonderful ground. I mean, yeah, you're at least it's it's at least ten to fifteen points. I reckon. So here's the thing for the English: if they lose the first. The, the, the second becomes crucial, doesn't it? Which where's the second? Bloemfontein. Oh, okay. Mm. Bloemfontein. It's like Hamilton without a river. <laughs> oh, mate. oh, it's a bit drier too. Yeah, it's a lot drier. Yeah, yeah it's a little bit drier. Well, it's going to be an interesting series. Uh, Eddie Jones, uh, yeah, as you said, Millsy under the pump. Russi Erasmus, his first Test series in charge. Joe Smith, experienced now. His team have uh, beaten all comers in recent seasons, so the Irish will be a very strong challenge for the Wallabies. And then we have the French. 
Pas French. Who, in typical New Zealand fashion, we'll just say, who knows what French team will turn up? I know what French team will turn up. They'll be named on Thursday anyway, so we'll know exactly <laughs> who it is. But um, I, you know, I, I know that they're tired. I know it's been a long season. I know they don't have all their best players with them. But as you well know, Millsy, that counts for very little if these guys get their pluck up. Oh, it, it does, and I, I'd like to say we've, we've got the uh, the wood over them a little bit, but you can never count a French team out. You know, it doesn't matter if you've beat them by sixty odd points. You know, three or four months before you played them, or a year ago, or you've come back, they will come and they will they will won't stop fighting. So you've, they've got to get in early. I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're too strong. But again, there's always that little wee. What is it? Is it rooster? The cockerel. I was going to say that. Yeah, but. Cockatoo, cockerel, cockerel. It's always biting. It's I hope someone brings a chicken to Eden Park. It's always great when someone lets a chicken go during a French game. It's happened a few times. Hey, producer Ellis. Hi. Do you realise this is the last time we'll be doing the short ball from um, this luxurious studio in Britomart yeah. downtown with a strip club right opposite us and a bus stop downstairs? Um, I'm so happy about it. Are you? I'm so happy about it. Pretty happy about it. Cannot wait to leave this place. (laughs) Well, that'll do us. For the final podcast from uh, the Britomart Towers, uh, we'll be bringing you the new podcast from the new studio next week. The short ball will continue, and we thank you all for listening. Millsy, good day to you, sir. Likewise, mate. See you, producer Alice. See you, mate. And make sure you check all the action on rugbypass.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.